Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. Welcome to Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. I'm Gordon Glenister, and in this edition, I'm going to be talking to Rich Keith, who is the CEO of digital content marketing agency Fourth Floor Creative. Now, YouTube is one of the biggest social media platforms, but how do brands connect with the right content creators for maximum gain? Before I introduce my guest, I wanted to share with you a few mind-blowing stats. Do you know there are about 5 billion videos watched on YouTube every day, with a staggering 300 hours of video uploaded every minute? YouTube now gets over 30 million visitors per day, with an average viewing time of 40 minutes. YouTube is a monster, and the second only visited website after Google. And an average month, 8 out of 10 16 to 49 year olds visit YouTube. And listen to this, by 2025, half of the viewers under the age of 32 will not subscribe to a pay TV service. It's quite staggering, isn't it? More than half of viewers now watch content on their mobiles, and I'm sure this is going to be uh, set to increase uh, yet further. So I wanted to catch up with my guest, YouTube specialist, award-winning agency, Fourth Floor Creative, Rich Keith. Fourth Floor have been behind some amazing brand activations that have brought events, merchandise, and product teams together under one roof. Rich, a board member of the Brand Content Marketing Association and a passionate advocate of industry best practice, started by telling me how it all began. I started out as a journalist back in the 90s. I uh, moved to editing magazines when they were still a thing. I became a publisher in the 2000s with a focus on video games and technology. And they were years of, of extreme digital transformation and turning what were magazine brands into media brands across web, social events, video. And then the rise of YouTube happened and I saw an opportunity in um, 2013 and I moved to being uh, from a publisher at a traditional media company to uh, helping to run a YouTube and Twitch network called the Yogscast. Mm -hmm. And working with the founders and CEO there, we transformed the revenue streams of that company away from a reliance on YouTube ads. And a lot of that was was branded content and sponsored content. And at that time, um, certainly in, in the games market, games and technology market, we were often the first in the room with a lot of clients talking to them about the opportunities of working with content creators. It was a long time before anyone called them influencers. Yeah, of course. Uh, and it was before Instagram existed. Um, and then really there was a there was a change in the tide of of those kinds of networks when MCNs, uh, we'd been part of the Maker Network for a while, when they really started to go away. And in their place for the commercial activity, a lot of agencies started coming up. And we really struggled. I really struggled to find ones that I wanted to work with that understood the needs of creators and what they were trying to do. Um, so it, it felt to me like a lot of them were just trying to just trying to take their cup, be Mr. Mr. 10, or in many cases, Mr. 50 or 60% in the middle. Um, so, so this is 2017. So off the back of that, I set up for Floor as a specialist influencer marketing agency to, to address that and to have a real focus on creating value for everyone in the transaction. So brands, influencers, um, and the audience, which is the crucial bit. I think a lot of people forget when they're putting together these sorts of campaigns is what's that content going to look like and mm. how is it? 
how our audience is going to react to it. What that means for us as a as an agency, we put we put influencers at the heart, but we're building a, a three sixty solution essentially. So as well as doing things like paid promotions, we also we have in house production, we have an events team or experiential team, and we have merchandise and gifting options. So we can we can build a three sixty solution for clients rather than just be um, the person in the middle. Putting, putting the two sides together, we can add real value to the to the projects that we work on. And I think that's really interesting because a lot of agencies don't do that in-house. They have to then subcontract that out. So it's that sense of ownership and an immersive experience, which I think is certainly coming through a lot more now. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, the merchandise offering uh, in, in a moment or two. So what sort of behavioral changes have you seen on YouTube that, since you started? Since we started, well, I guess there's been it has it has changed quite a lot. Certainly, certainly in the time I've been working with YouTube, but even if you just look recently, or or at least before the current situation, the way YouTube works, the way Google wants YouTube to work, has changed massively from being a a place where you could really get in and just just make some content, find an audience, and build it quite quickly, um, to being much harder work. There's, there's so many people on it. Mm. is the is the thing and mm. there's kinds of content that will break through that will find an audience and and that the algorithm will will enable you to carry on finding an audience for has definitely changed and it's changed away from um, make your own kind of content into much more professional much more things that work across um, across the algorithm I say algorithm there are many algorithms of how YouTube works it's incredibly complex how it is mm-hmm. um, and the thing you got to remember is YouTube just has an incredible reach in, in the under 31 age category it's got a bigger reach way ahead of any other social platform um, over 90 percent of those of, of those age groups are watching YouTube and for YouTube all they want to do is is maximize how many hours are watched across the platform and so I, I guess from a point of view of working with brands, one of the big things that's changed is around brand safety and brands worrying about not just what their content will be next to, but what their content will be within. And, and that has been a big thing. And, and what, it, what that's meant is for creators is it's much harder to make money just from AdSense ads from the pre-roll ads that run. And so there's a real need if you're, a, if you're going to make a living as a creator on YouTube um, to also have other revenue streams. And that's, that has been coming in gradually over the last um, five or six years, but but it's now at the point it's really hard to make a living just just sitting back relying on those um, AdSense dollars. And how do you advise um, brands, perhaps not the ones that are very much involved with YouTube, but perhaps one of the ones that are one of the organisations that are looking to do more of it? Um, how do you advise them about the sort of the brand safety? Well, I think it's about understanding your brand and what is appropriate for your brand to do, mm. and for some brands, it's appropriate and it's part of their brand story to be to be with slightly out there, to be connected with slightly out there creators. But for most brands, or a lot of brands, that's not that's not going to work for them, and it will it will feel like a breaking of that promise or, or an inauthenticity to to be working in that in that place and has dangers. So the the first thing is finding the right people to partner with. You know, we we very much look at our role in trying to pull these things together is to build partnerships and so the partnership you have with that creator should re- you've got to understand that that's going to reflect on your brand mm. and i think that's where a lot of people go wrong of just looking at reach uh, or engagement and audience 
without really drilling down into the into the creator and the creator's actual audience rather than just the demographic or psychographic of that audience mm. um, into how they react and, and what they're going to do. So really it's about taking this stuff a bit more seriously and, and drilling down into it. Um, I was going to say, do you think because of this the, the, the situation that we're now in with the coronavirus, it's going to increase, well, we pretty much know it's going to in, increase online traffic, you know the sensitivities of some of the campaigns need to be very careful don't they yeah absolutely yeah and again it's about what's it appropriate for your for your brand to be doing and for a lot of them it's inappropriate for them to weigh in on on public health issues you know it just doesn't make any sense um so people have to be have to be careful about that and not mm. rush in i mean there's definitely you know but we're seeing consumer behavior changing day on day in terms of what people are doing we do a lot of our work is in the video game space and video game usage is up uh, almost double i think the last number i saw was 75 percent and rising wow we're seeing we're seeing twitch the rising it rises on twitch especially in uk audiences and us audiences is is massive and some of that's with people coming in from outside of outside of games you're going to have celebrities coming in and mm. musicians mm. Um, realizing that there's a live platform here that they can they can immediately reach audiences without having to mess around with any any technology really i was going to say even if some of the brands are holding back on advertising revenue um until later in the year this is a fantastic time for creators to build build content isn't it and create and and, and create new audiences yeah and it is for for creators right now is a great opportunity to build audience there's good chance that um revenue will go down that cpms will be Hmm. will be lower on YouTube. We haven't seen it yet, but most people are expecting that uh, and across um, Twitch as well. And a lot of creators on Twitch um, earn money from donations. That tends to be the, the number one way you'll earn money. Yeah. And and we certainly expect that to go down while people are having, well, there's so many problems happening. But hmm. definitely finding audiences who can find you for the first time and then and then stick with you, then this is this is a massive opportunity for people. But it's got to be the right kind of content and you've got to do it in the right way. One of the things I've been noticing quite a lot is this sense of community and community building. So I think that is going to start to spin out of it. So you get special special interest groups developing as a result of this and people wanting to connect with others, particularly now as we're in a sort of a lockdown status where we can't move away from our homes. Community has never been more important. Would you agree? Uh, absolutely, across the board. And I think I think for brands, it's a good opportunity to think about what their owned audience looks like, not just not just a paid, but how do you build out your own content that people can consume that adds value to their their experience while they're stuck at home fun, mm. trying to find fun stuff to watch. But there's a big opportunity there for people who understand understand the platforms, understand how to talk to audiences and build community because that takes time. You know, mm, it's different. It it's different to. Uh, uh, a usual marketer's job, building community and having a community team is is, is a different way of working. And mm. um, I think we do have time. I think everyone's got time mm. now. We're gonna we're gonna be in this situation for a little while. So. Yeah, I think. I mean, as well as as YouTube is entertaining, I think they've got a really uh, important role to play in terms of education uh, and supporting uh, individuals. And, and and there's going to be a load of new people that perhaps have never seen some of these channels before. Uh, so it's it, that's what I think is really quite exciting, and how they're going to, you know, people, as you say, when people have got time on their hands, they can educate themselves on all sorts of different, you know, whether they be hobbies, special interests, not just gaming, but all sorts of different things. No, absolutely. And I think if you think of the the sort of three 
main reasons why anyone goes online or anyone anyone is on a social platform of any kind is uh, entertainment or education or status. Mm. And I think all those three things will come into massive play when there's no, when the rest of your uh, interactions in life you know, don't really exist. It's just in the one house yeah. or, or on your way to the shop. Um, so being able to put all those things at play online becomes even more important. Mm-hmm. And I think YouTube, YouTube certainly ticks those first two boxes really well in terms of the amount of entertaining content that's on there and that it should get served to you, but also just the incredible uh, wealth of information that's on there of, of new stuff you can pick up and do mm. you know find it find a new hobby find out how to do something sure absolutely um, and it's, and yeah. it's all for free and it's all on there so give me an example of you know bef- before the virus situation perhaps some of the standout campaigns that you've picked up on on youtube and um and, and why you think they've been good i don't know there's there's so many i mean there's there's, there's so many that are run um, there's there's an interesting one happening right now. There's a there's a gaming group, a lifestyle esports gaming group called A Hundred Thieves, and they've they've just partnered with Chipotle. And you find Chipotle a, a, a good brand for understanding how social works. And what, why that's good is because it is a it's an added value thing. So fans of the of Hundred Thieves can can order food and they can see it being created by the creators, that's and then good. it gets deli- and then it gets delivered to them. And again, it's it's about creating new content rather than just and just sticking it in front of people. Mm, there was mm. um, was a campaign sometime last year um, that I, th- I thought was pretty interesting in terms of being able to take different kinds of creators, um, which was Hannah Stocking and her friends. She's got a group of friends that they all create content together. And there was a mobile game based on the Walking Dead TV show, um, and they did a um, they did quite a cool activation where. They, they basically brought it to life, um, where they switched into having full full zombie makeup. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. We, that's the sort of thing that we do a lot of that bring bring games to life type yeah. Uh, yeah. type activation. Um, I think the most the sort of most exciting one we've we've done recently. If I can talk about our own activations. We're working with um, Colin Furs, who's who's just one of the best YouTubers in the world. He's absolutely fantastic, um, madcap British inventor, and he's making a tank for a, um, as a as a branded piece of content for the video game world of tanks. Uh, he's um, making a tank. He's making a tank, but it's not is 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 not an ordinary tank. That's for sure. It's um, it's it's a lot of fun. He's the sort of guy that just has has an awful lot of fun. So, um, so TikTok's getting a lot of attention as well at the moment. Um, and why do you think that is? I mean, I, I heard it was the t- 2019 was one of the was the most downloaded app on the internet. Yeah, and I think I think you posted last week on LinkedIn that it was downloaded 113 million times mm. in the last month alone, mm. which is you know is is staggering. I think it's just it's immediacy and the ease of which people can do creative things. You know, it, it grew out of musically with which again had had a although it didn't work in the long run, it had a great immediacy to it, and that people could just start lip syncing to to songs. Mm. And so you could do something creative that was shareable without really having to spend too much time thinking about it. And a lot of TikTok is like that. You can copy the dances and suddenly you've got something you can put out. Um, but underneath that, there's a big flowering of creativity and all, all the stuff that, that we knew could happen uh, around Vine. You know, we've seen those people be able to be creative in six seconds. This gives you a minute, although most most TikToks are much shorter than that. And be successful you need them to be shorter so yeah i think tiktok will just will just continue to grow and i really do think it's about 
is about creativity and people want to share fun fun stuff mm. that's super creative with people I, I, one of the things i'm fascinated about influencer marketing and working with creators and influencers is the speed in which content can create can be created and pushed out if you think about a traditional you know advertising campaign on television or through out of home or whatever you know lots and lots of planning involved in in those and uh, in fact, I was at a workshop recently and I was re- reminding everybody that the skills of the, of the average creator now are quite considerable, really. And you think about, you know, producer, director, filmmaker, scriptwriter, uh, all of these things are all embedded in, in one individual or one or two or three people. Whereas, you know, you're making a short film, you think about how many people are involved in that process. Yeah, no, we've, we've, we've found this a lot in the stuff we've done in the, um, especially, you know, we have our own in-house production mm, and, exactly. and sometimes down the years we've looked at when we're hiring people in for that, hiring people from more traditional TV backgrounds. And it's just really hard because the, the hardwired expectation of how many people you need for a certain thing is just all out of whack of how you make content on social. Mm. So we've, we've ended up almost always just hiring people either because they have a great knowledge of it or who have been creators, influencers themselves, because mm. because they get it where in a way that people that have been trained traditionally just can't get their head around the fact that one person can do all of these things. Exactly. You don't need you don't need a team of six or seven to do it. I, when I watch them of them, you know, there's they're smart at photography and video and editing and building websites and you know, being creative without having a script. It's just I find it really quite amazing to be honest and it's um it's a, it's a hats off to to some of these individuals yeah, um, and that's why that's why it's such a great space to work in to, be, to, to help to help creative people be more creative you know and that's definitely what we see what we see our role as yeah yeah um you mentioned at the beginning of uh, this interview that we you, you were talking about you know a range of different revenue streams and I know something that you've developed uh, more recently is is merchandise collaborations can you tell me a bit more about that yeah, well, merch, is, merch has become more and more important for, for creators as a way for them to, you know, as a key revenue stream for them. Well, the reason it works really well is it's a way that audiences can support their creators that they, they love, that they like, that they follow. Mm. Um, but, but the audiences also get something tangible, something real, um, that not just can show off that, that they're a fan, but it's a real thing that you get that you're, you're paying for. And that's, you know, you compare that to doing Super Chat on YouTube or, an emote on Twitch or a sticker on YouTube um, and paying for those sorts of things is an actual tangible thing. And that's, that's why it works really well. And a lot of it is around support. When you get that extra layer of actually, this is, this is really cool stuff that I want to wear, mm. not just to show off my fandom, but because it's really great quality goods, then you can really start to do some, some good stuff. What, what particular items have you found that has worked well for them? Well, I think we're getting, Beyond the sort of standard apparel, although that's still that's still important, but it's been commoditized quite heavily. So there's a lot of people doing it, mm. and you have to worry about quality of some of the stuff and sustainability of a lot of it. Sure. Um, but I think the way the ways really to stand out and the ways to spark more interest from from audiences is is to get something that does a little bit more. We've done things like exclusive runs of of gin and uh, speciality teas created for for a, a YouTuber because that's part of their personal brand, that mm. they drink gin and, they, and they're a tea drinker. For another group, 
who do a lot of um, Dungeons and Dragons, for instance, we've done whole lines of dice for them, and that's that's super popular for them. And it's a more so, niche, more niche stuff. Yeah. You mean, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. But it's not it's no more niche than than a t-shirt in the sense that it's stuff you're going to sell to your to the people that follow you. And I think that's where that's where it works really well is understanding your audience, what they want, what's your connection to them. And, and selling them the stuff that they that they want and and because they want to support you that works really well so w- what's the future look like for um for you and uh you know the influencer marketing industry overall well it's not going anywhere that's for sure influencer marketing you know whatever we want to call it and it's a fairly new way of calling it influencer marketing and it's, it's swept swept the uh you know it's what everyone calls it now but i think that the idea of working with people who have good reach into into audiences and authentic reach into audiences has always been with us. Um, Content marketing has always been with us and this is a version of content marketing and it will always be with us. There will be some fashions around platforms and about styles. I do think that the reliance on Instagram and specifically not as a platform but the reliance on product placement on Instagram um, will fall away a bit because it's patently... Um, inauthentic in so many cases when someone's supporting one brand one day and an opposing mm. brand the next day. And my feeling and my hope is that we'll move much more into into building brand partnerships between creators, so not just, not influencers, but creators, people who are creating great content for their audiences and build brand partnerships with them with brands that make sense both for the brand and for the creator. And that that will become the more, much more powerful way of of being able to tell brand stories. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you today. Um, Rich, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Gordon. It's great to talk to you. Influence, the global podcast that shines a spotlight on the influencer marketing industry. That's it for this edition of Influence. I hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to keep an eye on the BCMA website for all the latest influencer marketing news. But for now, until next time, from me, Gordon Glenister, thanks for listening and goodbye.